and us eat around the table reminds me of Psalm 23. It talks about Jesus being our good shepherd. And it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's like we're eating and the giants have to watch while we eat with Jesus. <laughs> so we get to eat in the intimacy of being with our saviour. And the giants get to watch. It says, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. What does that look like? <laughs> That's fun, right? That gets a lot, little messy, right? <laughs> my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this week we've had an opportunity to share and splash over and see the Lord bless many people who have a little bit less than us. So we've had something called Sister's Closet this week and I'm so grateful for so many of the ladies and gentlemen in this place who helped us, number one, set up and then being here present to meet people and then to tidy up after. But it was such an opportunity of outreach because we were able to let it be known that our church family home here was a haven for people to come and to come and get clothes for free. And I watched people come and they said, do I have to sign for something? I said, no. I said, Is there a limit on how much we can have? I said, no. You get what you want. And people kept on bringing more things and there was a bag sitting there waiting to be unloaded and it sort of sat there a little while and I finally had the moment to stand it on a table and start unpacking and it was children's clothes, little boy clothes, just as a mum was standing there holding her little boy and everything fitted and literally I took it out and said, oh, oh that's lovely and she was just, it was just such a gift, it was so beautiful. But honestly, there was a lot of work to set up because this room was packed, packed, packed with clothes. And people went away with like two or three white bag loads full and it didn't even look like they'd taken a dent. So it was a joy and just the, the opportunity to meet people, talk with them. And the people that the Lord is bringing here is amazing. One of my true delights, and I'm thinking, Lord, are we ready for some people that he's bringing? Are we ready? Are we ready? One lady, beautiful, beautiful, from Morocco, grew up as a Muslim, has met Jesus. Are we ready? She was wearing a cross, a little tiny dainty cross around her neck, which her husband had given her. I think it was on her neck just for two days or one day, I'm not sure. And she said, she'd ask God, what do I do when I talk to my family back in Morocco? He said, just wear higher clothes or just put it around the back. Are we ready? Mm. Are we ready? So I, I don't know if anyone else has a very quick testimony or anything from, from just the joy of, I 
feel like we get transformed when we receive. I feel like when we haven't earned something or worked at it and we get given it, and it's something that just, you can go and look and find something that fits you and you're on discovery. It just changes you on the inside. Just something on the outside can just transform something on the inside. That's good. Monique, I'm just coming to you. you you're in place of a new job and you got some more clothes? Yes, I did. I got some things for my new job. And That's you like good. your new job? I absolutely love it. It is a true blessing. Hallelujah. Cool. <laughs> I know when Nancy and I were here the other day uh, helping out with putting stuff on racks and all that, uh, a lady came in and uh, Jane met her and I spoke to her and she was like, you mean you, she had a bag of stuff and it was obvious she was pretty well off. And she said, you mean you, you just give away this stuff? You don't charge for it? And we went, no, we, we give it. And I looked at her and I said, and you don't have to be needy in the category of needy in order to take stuff. I said, it's, it's free to everyone. So if you see something that you like, take it. You know, if it's a desire of your heart, take it. You know, we don't, we don't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, we don't categorize people here. You know, we, it's fine if you have or you have not. No matter where you are on the spectrum of having money, that's not important. It's what your heart is. Okay? And I, I think just as we step forward with doing things, obeying God's vision and picture for us, others like I think Melissa's got some ideas of what to do with the with the children next time, right? So it's like we this thing starts to grow, and so anybody else, Sherry, you were here a long time too. I don't talk much, but <laughs> that's what I liked about it because <laughs> because I got to talk the whole time. As people came in, I could run up and say, "Hey, where do you go to church? You know, hey, what do you need?" I take it from table to table, and you know, one lady came in, and I asked her where she was from. She said, "Long." Turns out to be the first cousin of my old drinking buddy, and so I got to speak into this girl's life, you know. And she said, "Maybe I should bring her to church." I said, "Maybe you should." Yeah, but it was like, where does she come from? Way out there, way here to the church, you know. But it was just like this coincidence because I talked to everybody, and 25 years ago, her first cousin and I used to hang all the time. Carla. Yes, and so anyway, I just had a good time, just blessing people, praying for people, talking to people. You know, I just, I just enjoy people, so I had a good time. I think that's it. So well done to all of you. What a great picture of what the kingdom of God is all about, right? It is free to be clothed abundantly and have your heart, heart's desire met. And God always wants to give you more. And that's the spirit we want about everything we do, right? That's what God wants to do through us. And next outreach is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And uh, 
we're trusting God for the same kinds of amazing God appointments through that outreach. It'll be at the Boys and Girls Club, 12 till 3 on the Saturday. We need you all to bring in stuff to give away. So, uh, you know, coat, winter coats, uh, mittens, hats. What else do we need, Sherry? Do we need, we need cookies to give up? Cookies, yeah, if you, if you like baking cookies and that kind of stuff. Just small things to give away uh, to bless people. It'll be in the Boys and Girls Club parking lot down in Myrtle Beach. We'll tell you more about it next week as well. But the, God is on the move, everybody, okay? Just, and that's why we've been talking about our commission. I'm not going to start talking about a commission yet because I've remembered I need to pass the baskets for the offering. <laughs> but it is wonderful to see what God is doing as we set ourselves to outreach. So the reason we give is because that enables us to do all this giveaway, right? Uh, so this building is paid for by your giving uh, so that when people come in, we're not fundraising, we're not a fundraising kind of church. We're a give it all away kind of church because he's a give it all away kind of God. Uh, now that's not a slight on any churches to do fundraise, but this is what God has called us to be. And God says that he will provide for us as we bring the, the tithe into the storehouse. And so that, that first 10% of what God gives us as our income uh, we give back to him. And if this is the storehouse you're fed from, then the tithing you do into our bank account and into our finances is what we use to pour out to many others. So uh, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't pay salary to Jane and me or anything like that. We just give all of this away using the building for the community, uh, using our resources to bless people. And so we're so excited and so thankful to be able to do that. So thank you for your giving. Um, it's up on the board there, behind me here how you can do that. Um, use an envelope if you're, if you're giving cash and you need a receipt. Thank you. Uh, and speaking of next weekend, which I think I did. Um, well, actually, let me back up. We are about to begin the Father Heart A School. I know some of you in the room are here for that. and Welcome. We're glad to have you. Um, and we're going to have a fantastic week together. Some of our own folks are part of that. And a lot of folks coming in from outside, Andy and Gunilla are back. Uh, most of you know them because they've been here before. And uh, we're going to have a great time together. There are, is one change to the usual schedule that I want you all to pay attention to. We normally have more on Thursdays. This week, more is on Wednesday. So there is no more on Thursday. Don't show up Thursday for more teaching. The more teaching is on Wednesday at 7 o'clock this week. When is more this week? Wednesday. At what time? Seven o'clock. Well done. Thank you. And then next Sunday, uh, which will be after the school is finished, there'll be lots of testimonies of what God has done, I'm sure. But we also have a very special treat next Sunday. Who loves DJ worship? Yes, we have DJ worship again next Sunday. Alex will be uh, leading us with that and Renee. So we're excited about that as well. So I think that was all the practical things I wanted to say. What I want to do is to try and wrap up what suddenly became a mini-series two weeks ago when I started to talk about our commission. And it's kind of run on. Um, and we're going to do the 10-minute version again today, okay? Just to wrap this series up. Uh, I want us to think about our commission. And the reason I want to think about that is as I scan this room, I realize that Jane and I are leading an army of commissioned officers. Many of you in this room, you know your commission, you know you're commissioned, you know that God has a plan for you and you're committed to living it out. 
And what I love as I look around is that there isn't any kind of stereotype to the commission. You look around the room and none of us is the same as anybody else. You've each got your own specific commission within the bigger battle plan that God has uh, to win this war, which he's going to do. I want to start out by just giving you a quote from a friend of mine called Mark Shelsky. He talks about spiritual growth. And I love it because it kind of um, pushes against the standard religious model of what we should be doing as Christians. Let me read it to you. He says, the work of spiritual growth is not to build a relationship with God. <laughs> Every week your heresy detectors go off, right? <laughs> we just did it again. Jesus taught us that God is already in relationship with us. Right? That's what it says in here. Okay, no heresy there. <laughs> and he always has been. Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. God's presence isn't something we summon. Our work is to cultivate the soil of our hearts so that we can become more present to what God is already doing. Our work is to cultivate the soil of our hearts so that we can become more present to what God is already doing. All spiritual growth is about learning to pay attention. And that's all it is. Isn't that beautiful? We pay attention. This is me adding to Mark's quote now. But we pay attention to the Holy Spirit. We pay attention to him in the scripture. And we pay attention to him in one another. And that's why we gather together like this. So what I love is that this is a group of people who understand that it's all about that relationship we already have and that we want to become more attuned and more present to what God is already doing. That's why we love it when the worship team just lead us so beautifully. You did such a great job this morning, all of you. Thank you. Just making room for God to draw people in and touch each one in a unique way. We've said before that the Father gave us a commandment to love him and love one another, right? We, we've covered that in the previous two weeks. Uh, and if you missed that, you can go back on the website or go back in the podcast and listen to that again. But Jesus gave us a commission to go into all the world and to make disciples and all that stuff. We'll come back to that in a second. So the Father gave us a commandment, and Jesus gave us a commission, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to fulfill both. Now, I like to play with words, and so I want to give you an understanding of commandment first. It breaks into three sections. Com means with. That's just simple, um, whatever they call that. In, in, clever people would know. what Prefix, thank you. <laughs> Commandment. There's a mandate... And there's momentum in a commandment. So love is our mandate and it's our momentum as we fulfill the commandment. It's with mandate and with momentum. And then we do the same with commission. Commission means with mission. There is a direction. There is, a, there is an order. There is a, a commissioning to go 
to, to do, to obey that Jesus has given us. And the mission we have is to be imitators of Christ. To be imitators of Christ so that others imitate you and me and become imitators of Christ also. So Paul said to the Ephesians in chapter 5, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, there's the commandment again, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So Paul is telling us to imitate Jesus. Now I'm not talking about a Saturday Night Live kind of imitation, you know, where we kind of make fun of Jesus and, and caricature him. Sadly, too many Christians have done that. They've tried to be like Jesus in the way they understand from their own limited perspective, and they haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to make them more like Jesus. We don't want to fall into that trap, but the word imitators in the Greek is mimetes, which is where we get our word mimic and mime. So just as when we watch Corey dance, we can see what he's dancing because of his movements, and he doesn't say a word, there should be something about all of us that points people to Jesus without us having to throw Bibles at them and, and preach at them. I'm not saying we don't talk, but I'm saying there should be something about the way we live that shows people Jesus. Making sense? It's imitate in the way that a father and child experience imitation. Some of you in this room are dads. Well, actually, no, most of the dads are not in this room because their kiddies are here. But, but the dads will understand what I say when I say that every child wants to be like mum or dad. Remember when our kids were little, this is many years ago now, they would literally follow me around when I was doing stuff. You know, if I had my toolbox out and I'm fixing something around the house, they had to go and get their little plastic toolbox. And if I was out in the yard uh, growing a garden or something, they had to have their little shovels and things. And we actually had to make a separate garden for them because otherwise they keep digging up what I planted. So they had their garden next to my garden because they wanted to do what daddy's doing. And there's nothing that gladdens a father's heart more than when your children want to copy you. And I believe our Father in heaven is delighted with our heart of wanting to be like our dad. We want to be imitators, don't we? We want to imitate him. I want to do all that my dad does. I want to be like my dad. So we want to be imitators, and that takes... A cost. Because you see, you, you can't really be a disciple unless you're willing to get into the messy ground of relationships. You can be a listener in a crowd of any size. And you can pick and choose what you accept out of what you're listening to. But that's not discipleship. And it is, doesn't cause us to imitate Christ. Because Christ got into the heart of relationships. Yes, there were times when he was speaking in large gatherings and people were listening. But as we read the New Testament, we see that the people who got it the most and the best and the deepest were the 12 that followed him around and the 72 that were the, the sort of the wider group. 
And there were even the three that he would take with him on the special moments where they needed to capture something else. It's that closeness to Jesus that, that affects or, or informs how well we can mimic. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, though you have countless guides in Christ, people who will tell you what to do and where to go and how to do it, you don't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And I urge you then be imitators of me. And that sounds a little proud, doesn't it? Unless you realize that actually all Paul is doing is imitating Jesus, who always only ever did what he saw his father do. And Paul had such an experience of Jesus that he wanted to live the way he saw Jesus live, in obedience to the father. And so Paul's doing it too. And as Paul leads other people to trust in Jesus, he's saying, you can look at me and follow me because I'm following Jesus and we'll all end up going in the same direction and doing the same thing and becoming more like him. And so there's an imitation that's going on. Then he says, that's why I sent you Timothy, my beloved faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. So now there's another generation. There's this guy called Timothy who's been so close to Paul that he knows what's going on, so that as Paul follows Jesus, as Jesus follows the Father, Timothy follows Paul, and now you can follow Timothy. And you'll still end up going the same way and looking like Jesus and fulfilling the commission. It's exciting, isn't it? He says to the Thessalonians in First Thessalonians chapter 1, For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, why don't you wake up the person next to you and say, he's chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. In other words, when the gospel, the good news shows up, you notice. Yeah? Some of you notice the gospel show up today. As somebody else came alongside, you maybe put a hand on your shoulder or prayed for you. Or some of you notice the gospel show up when somebody with a banner just did this over you and you kind of felt the Holy Spirit washing into your life and bringing fresh life to you. Some of you noticed the, uh, the, the, the power of the gospel in Sister's Closet as people went out of here open mouthed at how generous God is because of how generous his family is. It's the kingdom in action. And he says that, he goes on to say, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. In other words, they followed in a way that became famous in the region. They were only a little group to start with, but their, their following, their transformation became famous all around. So our commandment and our commission are lived out in community. We have to get into each other's lives. You can't simply show up on a Sunday, sorry to disappoint you, you can't just show up on a Sunday and listen for a few minutes and go home and have nothing else to do with all those other nice people that showed up. 
God wants us to actually interact with one another because how does the world know that we're his disciples? Anybody know the answer to that one? By the love that we what? Have for one another. It's not just, oh, Mark's so full of love because he's standing under a spotlight and he's wearing a pink shirt and you can see him. And now everybody wants to follow Jesus because I happen to be standing here. It doesn't work that way. There's one in every crowd. <laughs> but love is demonstrated. Love is made visible when we're in relationship. Love is made visible. Actually, I'm going to pick on you since you picked on me. Love is made visible when you reach out to other people and help them follow you following Jesus. Which is what you do all the time, isn't it? Yes, Mark. Yes, Mark. <laughs> well, almost all the time. It's maybe not all the time. That may be too much pressure. But you do it so well. And there's people in this room who follow you following Jesus. And we see them following Jesus because you follow Jesus. You see how this works? But, of course, it's a bit messy, isn't it? Because we're all Americans. Well, some of us are more American than others, but we're all in America. We're getting there. Jesus' name. Finally, the government department will finally find our paperwork, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> it always worries me. I log on to the website where we put our applications in, however long ago that was, nine months ago or something. It just says, expected delay, five months. Well, is that five months from when I put it in, or five months from when I look today, or five months from when, who knows? But that's a, never mind. That's another story for another day, and our time is gone. I want us to get to a point of saying yes again together. Ha. Huh. Philippians 3, verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Do you catch that? It's not just follow the leader. It's actually look out on either side of you to the other people who are following the leader, so you look out for each other as well. And each of us does that for one another. We have to have the courage to cross over boundaries that we have been told we shouldn't cross. Because otherwise we don't connect with one another. And I don't just mean about the one another's in this room. Let's come back to the original commission. I've covered this before, so I'll do it quickly. But what Matthew 28 actually says is, while you're going, help every culture to follow me. It doesn't say, go into every nation, get on a plane if they'll let you, you know, whatever. It says, in your ordinary everyday going wherever you go, and some of you will go a long way and some of you will go a short way, just put your arms around anybody who looks like a human being and help them to follow me as you're following me. Be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. That's what the Samaritan did. I can't remember when we did the Samaritan. We talked about the Samaritan, didn't we, last week or the week before? He didn't really care that he was an outcast and this was a Jew bleeding in the ditch. He just saw a human being bleeding in the ditch and did something. 
He didn't care whether this was a Muslim or somebody from the LGBTQI, whatever the different letters are, community, or, or, or somebody from the North. <laughs> now we're meddling, right? Those <clears throat> Yankees. <laughs> or even somebody from England. We even let English people in. Don't we, Laura? Oh, she's busy helping somewhere else. And, well, yeah, Ger Germans. Germans are especially welcome because the senior pastor loves to speak German. <laughs> it's people groups. It's cultures. It's the people who live in the trailer park outside of your community. It's the people who live in the gated community that the people from your trailer park never get to go into. I'm trying to do it both ways here. You get what I'm saying? Okay. It's the people who are different from me that Jesus loves and he's leading them to the Father and he wants me to join in. So what the Great Commission really comes down to is every day, in every way, help any human being you find to see God in you. It's the difference between show and tell and just tell. For too long, we've been all about tell. Oh, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, and you need to go this way, and, you should, and this is what you should look like. And we've been tell, but we haven't been show. And Jesus is calling us to imitate him as he follows the Father. And that's our commission. It's show and tell. Because when we merely announce what God says, or worse still, when I announce my personal interpretation of what God has said, which is rooted in that big phrase I used last week, hermeneutical narcissism, where I only get input from people who agree with me so that I'm right, then I'm really not fulfilling the Great Commandment or the Great Commission. I'm trying to stretch us a bit this morning. Because our calling is to be Jesus and not to play God. That's what he's waiting for and that's what he's looking for. Because, you know, there are two lights in this world. <laughs> Another heresy coming up here. John 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We've all seen the painting. <laughs> and we quote that verse, and it's true. Jesus is the light of the world. And whoever follows Jesus won't walk in darkness. They'll have the light of life. But in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You. Remember that person you woke up earlier? Nudge them one more time. Say, you are the light of the world. Because you are. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Because that would be stupid, right? They put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, 
let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. That, my friends, is our commission. Who's ready to do it? Most of you are doing it already, but who's ready to do it more? Why don't we stand? The religious way to do this would be to make you come up and stand in a line at the front and me pray for you. But that would be a complete denial of everything I've just said about community. So instead, I would like you around your tables to begin to pray for one another that the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit, would cause your light to shine more brightly. Remember when Jesus said this, he was talking about the oil lamp days, okay? If you want to use it as an electrical analogy like we're used to in the 21st century, that's fine. Jesus, turn the dimmer switch up. <laughs> Either way... I want you to pray for one another that Holy Spirit will make your light shine more brightly in the, exactly the setting where God has placed your lamp. So it's a different one for every one of you. But your light shine more brightly that you would be an imitator of Christ and others would follow you and imitate you and therefore find themselves following him too. Okay, so let's go ahead and do that. Holy Spirit, would you come on every one of us as we pray and cause our light to shine more brightly for the sake of the world and for the sake of the kingdom in Jesus' name. Go ahead and pray for one another.